The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet-purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast, courtesy of the Realm Network, here at the Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling. And Hispanic people, too. And all people. Hey, everybody. Hey, it's the Rough House, buddy. Hey, it's 2017. What it is, what it do. What it is. New Year, same podcast. Yes, New Year, same shit, same cats, ruining stuff. Uh, You start first. You start first, because I've got one on my end. Let me hear from you. Okay, so just uh, Friday, yesterday, as we're recording on on Saturday morning, was the two-year anniversary of us um, rescuing Professor Xavier, our cat. Uh, of which, if you follow me on social media, it's all I post. That, that's it. It's basically exclusively cat pictures. Um, <clears throat> yeah, right? <laughs> that's what the internet's for, right? Porn podcasts and cat pics? Cats and milfanal. There's, well, yeah, there's that Which, too. by the way, fun fun fact, that was originally the Rough House's uh, uh, draft name. That's what we originally wanted to call the podcast was uh, Cats and Milfanal. But Chris was like, it's got to be about wrestling. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> it should be about cats and uh, doing moms in the bee. <laughs> Sexy moms. Yeah. So uh, the good old professor, we love him dearly. He's the most adorable kitten in the world. Obviously, we're biased. He is, he's a terrorist, I think is the correct word to describe him. He's a terrorist. Okay. So he'll be he'll be great and you know when we get into bed he'll he'll snuggle up at our feet or or like in between us or something like that and it's adorable and it's great. A couple hours later, here come the middle of the night. This cat has to eat like every 2 hours in the middle of the night for some reason and I cannot break him of it. It's like a fucking baby. That sounds he, like a baby. It, it's worse. I nah, I, it's I not mean, worse. No, I'm going to go with the cat. <laughs> now trust me. Listen to me. It's not that bad. <laughs> Granted, I, I've never had a, a baby, so I don't know. Uh, I'll be ready for it when it comes. I'll be ready because right. I, I'm there with this cat. So he, he, he first he gets his soft food, and then I give him a couple kibbles of the hard food. I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to make. He used to sleep through the night. He used to give us no problems in the middle of the night, and now. It's because we started doing it. He's smart. He learns. It's like Jurassic yeah. Park in this bitch. Uh, life finds a way to wake your owners up every mm-hmm. two hours for food in the middle of the night, and it's annoying the shit out of me. Um, so that's that's the one thing. So even you know, 
after the second half scoop to shut him up, I'll close the door. And this, he's standing right here watching me right now. And is that when, after you shut the door, he begins to sing the song of his people on the other side of it? It's the most sad, pathetic cry you've ever heard in your life. Like, like he's being, um, like he's being, uh, he's like he's on the cover of a Cannibal Corpse record. That's that's what it sounds like is happening to him. He'd probably be a lot louder and not more painful if he was uh, with the chains flaying, his insides open, and yeah, there being like, an intestine pentagram that he's in the middle of. Yeah, butchered at birth, or you know. I come blood is a favorite, oh. but um, <laughs> I mean, obviously everybody knows Hammer Smashed Face. Let's oh, let's be honest God here. Damn it! I, all right, Cannibal Corpse is a whole other thing, but he, he'll just do this pathetic cry, and then after the, the cry doesn't work, then he'll start destroying the door and the door frame and anything else around him. So um, I guess I had left um, a pair of earbuds out the other day. Foolish me. From watching, um, I don't know, some program. I think I was catching up on SmackDown. And I, I, I come to get them this morning to, to do the podcast. And I can't hear out of the left ear. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with these earbuds? And I look at it, and there's a gaping hole in the yeah, left earbud from where the Xavier had penetrated with his uh, very sharp teethies. Mm, gaping hole. Gaping holes. Big old gaping holes. That's nice. Yeah. That sucks. You showed me the earbud itself where he sank his fang into it. Yep, destroyed. <clears throat> so, yeah, don't buy the what, new earbuds. What do you got going on? Oh, my cat threw up cockroaches everywhere. <laughs> oh, you okay there, bud? Chris is don't do that while me. I'm drinking. He's not, sure, uh, not sure what happened, but somehow, uh, and God love them, because as the winter months set in and it gets colder, the smaller creatures come inside to seek... Refuge from the storm. Shelter, yeah. And uh, cockroaches and centipedes and stink bugs and whatever. And my cat has just set up shop at the cracks and holes and crevices near doorways. And as they make their way in, they just walk into the maw of hell. And he he guzzles them up. And then they crawl around in his stomach, I guess. They mix Uh, in with that internal cat acid bile. And then he's sure to run upstairs to let us know what's happening. Because he likes to present himself. So he'll run onto the uh, carpet and then just oh, proceed yeah. to like... <laughs> and then a fountain of fucking bugs comes pouring out of this thing. And I just let it happen. At this point, I've, I mean, I've, I've given up on it. You can't try so to stop much. it. What are you going to do? I used to, but I mean, you know, at this point I used to fear death. Now I welcome it. And I would used to get a, a magazine. I'd run over and, like, and try and cover it or I'd grab uh-huh. a handful of paper towels and try and catch it. I could. And now I'm like, you, you get it out, bud. Get it out. and Babe, get the resolve. It was disgusting. So, hey, new year, same us, same cats, plenty uh, plenty to talk about. Uh, first, thank you to the Realm Network. Thank you to everybody that subscribes to Patreon. Go to the patreon.com and yes. uh, continue to uh, let us beg for money from you. So, yeah. <laughs> any, uh, any, any developments on that fucking plot thread if you want to bring Radi- people up to Ra- speed? Radio silence from the other side. It's been radio silence. Radio yeah, yeah, silence. I, I thought so. I had to put one between shithead's eyes, so he went ahead and uh, <laughs> didn't continue to pound on the outer wall of the roughhouse complex here. Yeah, head to the Facebook if you want the full story. But uh, I okay, guess. so the the quick the quick and breezy of it is on the post I made the other day asking what people thought about the uh, final segment of Raw, the Kevin Owens show with Goldberg, and then Strowman came out and Reigns came out and Heyman came and out. And, all that sort of thing. I asked what people um, thought about it, and we get a comment that says, "Well, so this is what the roughhouse is now, huh?" 
I'm like, we didn't book and... that fucking segment. That's what I was confused about. I was like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, this is what the rough house has always been. Chris on social media, regularly updating people as to what's going on with us and asking yeah. for thoughts about current wrestling right. stuff. I'm trying now, to start was, a conversation. It was the it was the randomness of the comment, the snarkiness of said comment. And then afterwards, God love you because uh, you know you put your you put your big boy boots on and you went jack booting up a guy's ass for the next uh, yeah, five or six I'll, comments. I was a little frisky. <laughs> By the way, do you know what you know what it takes to get me to come out of Facebook retirement to comment on some shit? Congratulations to you, whatever your awful name is. I haven't commented on a Facebook post in years. It's true. It's been it's and if true. I have it it's been if I have before that it's been like a one or two word or a, a gif or a a, a meme. This right. was yeah, I'm like, okay, uh uh-uh, uh no, 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 gotta chime in here. Yeah, uh, you cracked the knuckles and uh Yeah. Someone dug was, into the uh, keyboard there. You're giving a shit essentially if we're going from three obviously the, the podcast has gone through changes. We went to a new network, we've we've no work together, we just right. had to move on and uh, and someone was upset about the free thing that we give them. And I'm like, wow, that's, I'm sorry that the free thing we give you and then have painstakingly spent, by the way, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to continue yeah. to try and continue to do for you and yeah. for others. We're sorry that it's not quite up to snuff. What's weird is yeah. I went clicking through Homie's threads. I couldn't find his podcast at all or, or the efforts that he makes. <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's like he it's just funny how that takes happens. and doesn't give. I, I looked everywhere. And it's weird. I went through the Patreon subscribers and thank you. Uh, as abundant as you are, I'd love to see more. Didn't see anybody that resembled him anywhere. Yeah. I, it's weird. Hmm. It's almost like he's a he's like a barnacle in the dick of my soul. So, <laughs> the, the mystery of our time. Yeah. So fingers crossed. If you are listening, hit the stop button right now and just skip to the next thing. Because again, as I said at the bottom of my comment, we want quality over quantity. So hit the bricks, fucko. It's a and new we- year. And this time, we don't have to care as much because we're <laughs> not inside true. of a radio studio. I'm not beholden to a fucking master anymore. You can go and fuck off into eternity. So thank you to everybody <laughs> else that continues to listen and interact with the show. Where do you want to begin with? There's so Man. much to talk about. Um, <sighs> okay, you want to just... Go ahead, go ahead. What do you got? No, no, no. What do you... What you, you, had, you, have, were, you, what seen, you got? have you seen the yeah. new Impact logo? I was just looking at it as I was waiting to connect with you. It looks like it looks like the Fly By Night cover from the Rush album. There's an owl flying at you. The logo you find over a casino entrance on an Indian reservation. (laughs) I half expected to look underneath of it and find a bunch of alcoholics playing five dollar slots. That is the shittiest looking logo from font to color scheme to logo. If that's the one you settled on. Well, it's I'm like a baby you. blue. It, it was like pastels and blue, and I can't even. Oh shit! What did you not go with? Is the what is what I want to know? What logo right. did you not go with? Because I I don't know how an owl signifies anything about pro wrestling. Is it something to do with? And, and I might be misspeaking here. Is it Anthem Sports? Is that the new owners, the new it majority is, owners? Because Anthem is right there called? on the logo. Yeah, do, do they have? Yeah, there it is. Do they do they have something bird-like incorporated into their corporate logo? I don't. I've never even heard of Anthem until all this TNA stuff. But it's given me it's given me uh, flashbacks and mild palpitations of 
me being admittedly a diehard, shitty WCW era fan into the Monday yeah. Night Wars and into the hopes that they would one day return to prominence before it all fell apart. WCW in the late 90s, maybe 2000, did a logo redesign that they hyped for weeks. And remember, it used to be the the yellow WCW, yeah, very yeah, clean yeah, yeah. across. And then they did the weird, weird, flat, high C, excuse me, flat W, high C, flat W. To oh, where yeah. It, it was, if you had to look at that logo, you didn't know what the shit that thing was. They rolled that thing out, and people laughed. That God, guy. That's the one. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God, that's the one. That, that one was, was terrible. Hard to look at. Like, they did it. Man, I might be having, oh, my God, I wonder if I'm having, like, dementia here. I seem to remember them releasing a newspaper ad about the new WCW logo in the newspaper and it was a one page shot and they made like a full of, page and they made fun of their own logo saying it looked like bird shit <laughs> I'm not kidding well, I, I feel it like does. that's something hold on WCW newspaper bird shit and I remember people just being like what are they doing are they going so meta yes there we oh my god there we are this is Holy hell, God, look at this, Chris. I'll try and show you if you can see it. That is, if you can, can you kind of read that? Uh, it looks like something left, some, I, I, it kind of blurs around the logo. It says, looks like something a bird left on my car. And Why would you promote your product equating it to bird shit? It kind of looked like bird shit. Because I remember this was obviously the classic WCW logo. Right here, and uh, that was the one. That was the one forever. The uh, the classic WCW. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And they change it to that, and they immediately start busting their own balls about it, and, and they set themselves behind the eight ball. This Impact logo here, uh, uh, people were kind of underwhelmed by the Destination America TNA logo rollout <laughs> with the right. octagon-looking symbol up in the front, and then focusing on Impact. Uh, you know, kind of weird. Uh, changes in store ahead. TNA will roll on. Uh, Anthem Sports, now the majority owner, they're going to give... Dixie's Dixie. out. Dixie is going to have a wink-wink position in the company that's going to be... It's going to be pageantry at best, and you won't hear from her. Or see point. her on TV anymore. No. And which, is, I guess, is a good thing. And the big news is Jer uh, Jeff Jarrett returning to the fold. Jarrett Johnson? Jarrett, Jarrett Johnson's Johnson. returning Jeff to the run impact. Jeff Jarrett, Jimmy Johnson, is returning to the program. Quattro 95. Is showing freaky back up. fast linebacker. Freaky, fa freaky <laughs> fast delivery. Jimmy John Johnson, Jack Lynch, Jerky Johnson, Jared. That's the one. My job. Curious to see what the. Curious to see uh, how that goes. I mean, I know you know everybody. Jeff Jarrett's kind of a punching bag in the terms of uh, in the world of pro wrestling. A little yeah, bit. Yes, that's days, a great but, way to put it. Yeah. But when you think about it, he helped launch TNA back in the day. This was his company, Absolutely. and it started out with some success and obviously the gfw thing hasn't really uh set the world on fire probably as much as jeff jarrett had hoped but um you know i think this could be a really um much needed overhaul for for impact and i also read that um dutch mantel may may be going along with him as creative partner as it was in the beginning of the company i have so, no problem with that we now 
Do I want to see him on camera? I don't know. Dutch no, I think it's I think it's behind the scenes thing. I think it's going to be a behind the scenes things. I know you've you've read a lot of comments on some of the articles about it. Oh my God, are we going to have another fifty plus sixty plus year old champion? Is Jeff going to come <laughs> right. roost King of the Mountain routine? I don't think so. I think Smart Money, like you said, is going to be them in the office now, giving some pro wrestling veteran guidance to a pro wrestling company that really needs it. I think with Anthem's backing, which by the way is minuscule compared to the monies that Panda Energy had available, which yeah. means every dollar they spend has to be spent to its best efficiency. So it's going to be sort of a, like a, how do I compare this? Like imagine a $280 million Michael Bay budgeted film that ends up being right. kind of garbage versus the $9 million indie film where they had to get creative as shit to make the movie great. Right. And it ends up being something worth watching. I think we're going to so see... So you're talking Transformers 2 versus District 9. Oh, yeah. Dude, you just gave the ultimate example. <laughs> I saw those films within three weeks of each other. And yeah. I saw that robot at the end fire a pig at a motherfucker in that South African <laughs> ghetto. And I said, how were they not able to pull that shit off? And the other film that I saw where you saw a gigantic multicolored robot's testicles scale up the side of the pyramid mm -hmm. while John Turturro phoned in an airstrike on his dick. Meanwhile, yep. this thing is being piloted by a half-man, half-shrimp with one of my favorite accents ever, and it looks like a documentary. That Dude, you couldn't have found a better example. I'm hoping TNA moving forward is right. going to be the District 9 to its former selves, uh, Transformers 2 budget. Not like the thing ever looked super well, big, but you had no, a Panda is. Energy uh, coin purse behind it. Um, yeah. Now, what about the other big rumor, TNA-wise, that the Hardys contracts are up and the WWE yes. is expressing interest? What are your, uh, what are your thoughts there? Well, okay. I'm, I'm of a couple thoughts on this. One, WWE obviously has the money to bring in the Hardys and the Hardys have done, as we spoke in the last episode, the golden Duchess awards, how good Matt Hardy has done in reinventing himself and creating this whole new universe that's happening over an impact, which is really the only must to, to my knowledge, because nothing yeah. else has been, uh, there's been other good stuff, see. but this is head sure. and shoulders above everything else that they've done. Yes, exactly. Because it's so bonkers and it's different, different in pro wrestling is very hard to do these days. Um, so I know that WWE has the money, and I'm sure they would love to have that whole thing under their umbrella. I know the issues are um, the schedule. Matt um, and Jeff, they're a little bit older now, and I don't think they would want to do the, the full-on rigorous schedule that the WWE would entail. The other thing is creative, and, I, and we spoke to Matt, and he, he was very, you know... Um, He's very. Uh, I don't want to say he's proprietorial. He, it's his baby, and he wants to protect his baby and watch it grow. He doesn't want to give up those reins, no pun intended, to a Kevin Dunn or Vince McMahon or probably even a Triple H. I mean, this this broken universe is Matt Hardy. So unless that unless they can work out in their contracts a, a shorter schedule with the right amount of money and the right amount of guaranteed creative, I don't think it'll happen. It, it's interesting, the, the second part of what you said. The first part's absolutely true. They're older. The schedule would not befit them the way if they were younger men. Uh, but the second part with the creative and how much Matt Hardy, and, and Jeff to an extent, has yeah. they've truly crafted this universe in a universe. They have made their own special thing tucked right. inside of the impact zone. 
and the, the the world of TNA, and it grew to be the biggest thing. And if we know anything about the WWE from you know stories we've read and articles we've read and interviews with people that were there, they love to own the thing in their company. That's why you never saw the Bullet Club. That's why right. <clears throat> occasionally you would see an they NWO something. Say that again. They tried. They tried to own the Bullet Club. They did, yeah, they, they did a club thing, but you never saw like the. Didn't Bullet they try club. to buy the logo or buy the? Uh... I think that's the rumor. I don't know if that was. I, I got to wonder how much it was truly the case. Nah, that's true. But they love to own their own stuff. That's why they're one of the reasons Chris Hero just returns recently. They slap Cassius mm-hmm. Ono back on him. They like to right. own their own intellectual properties, and never can I think of a prior character and universe and. Uh, uh, secondary people and tertiary people and kids and wives that had been so owned yeah. by the person that they came that came up with it in Matt Hardy that would be so willing to just hand this off to right. Vince and Kevin and Triple H and Stephanie. And another layer too is that they're going back to a universe where they were known as something much different. That's, they well, were known I'm, as Team Extreme. With they would expect them. I think a I think a larger contingent of people than. Us hardcores and you know East Coasters, West Coasters think would expect them to return to TLC Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, which is not what right. they are anymore. They would <clears throat> no. see the guys that made you know the WrestleManias and the TLCs and the Edge and Christian Dudleys triple threats such right. a, a grandiose show. Are we getting those guys again now? The, the well, that, that was the kind ones. of the genesis of the whole universe was the whole spot monkey thing and breaking themselves of who they were. Yeah, that's not the case anymore. They're not going to get yeah. that. I would hope that they stay in Impact, they give them a chance, let this new company grow, because this, this to me, sort of seems like, and this, now you're starting to hear like slow rumblings of this, you're almost hearing a little bit of rumbling of this in regards to Anderson and Gallows, uh, against some people that they're picking up off the indies, you know, uh-huh. them wanting to get Puma, them wanting to get Omega, them wanting to get the Bucks, that they're starting right. to do a little bit of spite hiring, where... We, it's not that we want this person or these people that badly. We don't want anyone else to have them. We're actually getting upset that stuff is getting to be far more grandiose outside of our universe because we've had people before go and leave your Diesels, your Scott Halls, your Hulk Hogan's that we made grand and they want them to be bigger than we got them back. But people from the ground up that have turned into something massive that they've gotten a hold of your Seth Rollins, your Kevin Owens, your Sami Zayn's. Mm-hmm. That now they're, they're the rumors of, you know, that what are they going to do with Omega one day? Do the Bucks want to go there one day? And then now you've got you know, Gallows and Anderson, they're, they're, they, they, they snatched up and have done nothing with. I think if they sure. grabbed Matt and Jeff, I think that to me would not be a, man, we really want to have this broken universe oh, inside no. of the WWE. Universe. We don't want Impact to have it. And that would be right. a real shame if that's the only I- reason they're picking them up. I agree with you 100%. I'll counter-offer with this. What if they brought Matt and Jeff back and the whole crew, Rebby and uh, <laughs> Benjamin and, of course, uh, uh, what's the drone's name? Vanguard 1 or whatever Vanguard they're on now. Yeah. What if What if they brought them back in not an in-ring capacity but as they got their own show on the network? A weekly oh, half-hour broken sort of show that would, would you be watch interesting. that interesting i would and i would have hopes for it 
I don't know. Again, it's under the creative umbrella of the WWE, so I have to wonder how much insanity do they let them get away with? And to the WWE's credit, you see uh, the Edge and Christian show. It really right. seemed like they let them be them, and that was funny. Yeah. And they let them have their, their great <clears throat> senses of humor and stuff. Like the, uh, the camp WWE, they really kind of push the boundaries on. Yeah. There are things on the WWE network that would indicate that they would let them, in this hypothetical scenario, be... The decaying, excuse me, did the uh, the deleted Hardys, the broken Hardys, the brother Neros, all their weird and wackiness. Let me present another solution to you. Not a solution, okay. a possible option. Please. <clears throat> You've seen them do stuff in NXT, CA1, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, where they yeah. brought somebody in for and a one off. Let them do a little something. What if in a WrestleMania, a Wyatt family versus the broken brilliance? For a one-off at WrestleMania, they let the you know they 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 let the their own property Bray Wyatt and company go over. There's no chance they bring anybody in for a one-off and then have them lose. But they sell this great big cross-pollination, uh, this this big uh, mashing up of universes. They've done it in the past on NXT. Yeah. They did it in the past with ECW. Where they had the ECW True. guys sitting ringside with uh, Savio Vega and I think it was JBL. You know what? What if they did it again? Just a weird, like, it would give them a level of cool to be like, hey, man, the WWE is kind of into some of this new, weird, out there shit. It would give yeah. a more national rub to Matt and Jeff, and it would add another promotional thing for a WrestleMania or a big, massive event for uh, uh, some card value. And it doesn't have to be a long-term thing. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I could imagine the promos between the two <clears throat> leading up to it will be great and rambly and batshit crazy and bonkers and all the above. That would be that would be interesting. Um, <clears throat> damn it, these mornings are killing me. <clears throat> there you go, buddy. Dig it out. Clear it out. Clear it out. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it, basically. Um, but uh, you know, back and back to the original point. Do I foresee it happening? Probably not. Um, so let's let's transfer over from the hypothetical of a Hardy return to the hypothetical segueing into Wrestle Kingdom of Kenny Omega, the cleaner. Okay, I just watched this. I watched SmackDown last night. I was trying to find um, some time inside of my uh, now schedule-wise a brutal existence. Yeah. Where I was able to watch SmackDown, and I sent you a text. It's like I gotta watch SmackDown, and I gotta watch Wrestle Kingdom. So I start looking at Wrestle the main Kingdom, event. and uh, I come to realize this son of a bitch is six hours. So I'm gonna have to yeah. watch this thing piecemeal. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not gonna be able to watch all of it. So everything you're reading, Okada Omega, Okada Omega, Okada Omega. Now before I continue, let me get a quick background here on Okada, aka the Rainmaker. And just yeah. to make sure I've got everything in order that I need to have in order. Yes, I do. Okay. If you need to know truly how shit TNA could be, they had Okada what? for a year. I remember really? this. And I thought I was going crazy here. I was like, I don't watch enough TNA, excuse me, enough New Japan to, to know everybody, but I do remember stuff here and there. They had, they had goddamn Okada dressed up as Kato from the Green Hornet. 
Stop it. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. He dressed up as Kato. <clears throat> and it was the dorkiest looking shit you've ever seen. They took this incredible performer. And when oh, I tell you, no. they TNA'd his ass up for one year. And 2010 to 2011. Holy hell. They ruined, I'm not going to say ruined their relationship because they've had some other relationships with some other New Japan guys for a bit. But for them Ooh. to take such a talent and just take a shit on it is even more egregious of a uh, slight than what you know is going on with Gallows and Anderson being able to take the Good Brothers and just do damn near next to nothing with them. Yeah. So okay. With that said, we all know what Kenny Omega is capable of. We all know about the interview recently that he gave, where he said he would like to be the guy the that guy. maybe retires. With the most legendary career that never set foot in a WWE ring. We thought that was going to be Sting at one point, but then, you know, he came right. in for, you know, the last little bit of his career and that's it. Yeah, but that wasn't on Sting's lack of interest. That was on the WWE side. Yeah, well, if you listen to some interviews with Sting, he actually uh, is turned down offers in the past. It was back and forth. There'd be a time where he was interested, they were interested. He was interested, okay. they were interested, back and forth. And they never were able to agree on something. And I think finally, after everything cooled so poorly with TNA, Sting comes in. So okay. I think one day we will see Omega in a WWE ring. And I'm hoping it's because of his capabilities and what he can do and not a, oh, my God, New Japan is taking off. We need to nip this in the bud and take their main event players away from them. Because so far of the big four, they got AJ Styles. They got mm -hmm. them. They ran with them. They've kicked ass with them. That's great. Nakamura is in a holding pattern as far as I'm concerned because you can't tell until you leave NXT what that's going to truly mean for your legacy in the WWE. Yeah, but he's done great <clears throat> things out in NXT. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. But it is a corner of the WWE universe. It, it really is. isn't going to matter until he is walking down that main ramp, Raw or SmackDown, Rumble or Mania, yeah. in a few years to see what his legacy truly will be. AJ is already off and running one of the best debuts since Angler Brock. The Good Brothers, mm -hmm. we've already gone in on it. They haven't done a great job. So, no. so far... But that's not on them as much as it is oh, on Oh, no, players. that's what I'm saying. No, I'm not, I'm not putting this on the Good Brothers at all. <clears throat> okay, no, I'm all saying right. the WWE's use of them is right. a little, what the fuck are we doing here? But then there's Balor. And then there's Balor, who, yes, they pick up, and they, uh, they absolutely give the great Nakamura NXT treatment to bring him up. They tried to fast-track AJ, he gets hurt. I have a feeling <clears throat> this will be the year of Finn Balor. When he comes back... We're going to have some amazing right. stuff with Balor, the rumor that Joe is going to be coming in in the Rumble, possibly. We will see. But oh let's get Could to you imagine a scenario where Joe, Brock, and Goldberg are all in the ring at the same time? <clears throat> that could be like a rhino running into an elephant, running into a woolly mammoth <laughs> at full speed and just smashing heads. That could be absolutely believable. Hell, you know what? Throw the big show in there. Have you seen him recently? Dude is svelte. The Big Show is stunning. I think I weigh more than the Big Show now. I'm going to say you're probably 10 away. In the good direction. In the good direction. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks, he buddy. looks cut. He looks ripped. He's got that terrifying beard. He's getting yeah. in shape to fight Shaq. That's just going to be the fun Mayweather Big Show thing. It's sure. going to be the Bam Bam Bigelow, Lords Taylor of you know this year's WrestleMania. But the preparation that he's made is unbelievable. You throw that big hoss in there, and we've got ourselves some fun. Now, yeah. let's get to the reason we were rambling a couple of <clears throat> questions about acquisitions from New Japan.
Kenny Omega versus Okada has been yeah. given a six-star rating by Dave Meltzer. Uh, uh, mm, some other- I have I uh, I have to talk about that real quick because that Please pisses have. me off. Okay, okay. Meltzer. <clears throat> It, Meltzer's the guy. He gives his ratings. He's been the guy that has newsletter for years, covering everything in the world of pro wrestling. He's, he's a total mark for New Japan, which is fine. Uh, that, that's that's fine. My problem is, was Okada and Omega an amazing match? Absolutely, probably one of the best matches I've seen in a very long time. Yes, but what he did by giving it six stars, just destroys everything that he's done in the past. You think he, it just he, it negates he, his, his wrestling, his pro his, wrestling journalistic integrity when you slap a six-star rating on something? He destroyed his own rating system. Like, so so what does that mean for any of the five-star matches in the past? What did what did they not have to get a six-star rating? How do you make something perfect-er? Yeah. It, it, it pisses me off um, for the fact that why not just give it five stars and have it be in the company of all these other great, amazing matches? Yes, I, I, I don't, I don't like the fact that he destroyed his own rating system, especially like the day after he watched it when he wrote the newsletter. Like, give it a couple months and maybe say, you know what, this, this maybe gets a five plus, five star plus or something like that. I, it, it just it irks me that he just took everything he's been doing for what 20, 30 years, yeah. and tossed it out the window for which Bruce Pritchard what loves is by the an way. amazing. Match, yeah, Bruce Pritchard, big big fan, big fan, brother love, big fan of, uh, of Dave Meltzer. Meltzer. <clears throat> you're being, big you're being fan. a joke, hundred percent. He wants okay. Dave Meltzer <laughs> to have a fucking dumpster fall on his head. One of my favorite parts of the podcast that I brought up quite a few times. Something you wrestled uh-huh. with is every episode. The guy Conrad, hey hey, it's Conrad on Twitter, uh, uh-huh. loves to reference old facts and stats as published and taken as gospel by Dave right. Meltzer, and then having Bruce Pritchard, who was there. Uh, decimate just, him. Just roll a grenade into the room <clears throat> and destroy the facts or prove why they're wrong. It just really let you know his 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 markdom shine through. And some yeah. people think he goes too hard. Other people actually prove stuff against Bruce Pritchard. But in this case, what he has done, I, I do agree with you. I don't take uh, anything Meltzer does as gospel. But no. the fact that you take a, a a a rating like that and you let your mark shine through. <laughs> That, and yeah. you and I are not journalists. You and I are podcasters. No, not even we're, close. We're, we're, we're silly men. We're fans. That's yeah. it. He sells himself as a wrestling journalist. So when he you does. do the six-star rating, that would be like a newspaper running an ad for a politician. And that page is four inches larger around the borders than all other pages. Like, right. wait a minute. Why does that guy get a slightly larger right. page for his ad? Because you guys, someone up at the top of that newspaper really loves that guy or gal. This was a little silly. So the match itself, though, let's say there was a one to six scale. It deserved the six on a scale of one to six. It it deserved the top mark of whatever, pun intended, of of whatever scale you're using there. Um, You know, it was 48 minutes, 46 seconds, I think, was the the final clock in time. And, you know, I was – I was in. I was I was glued to the screen the entire time. I got emotional um, during that match. I yeah. felt stuff during that match. The flow, the pace. I know every older guy in wrestling is going to say, you know, and, and of which I count myself among sometimes, you know, slow down, do more with less, yada, yada. You know, <laughs> you can make these 10-minute these matches be 15-minute matches. For 45 minutes, these dudes went pretty damn hard. I mean, this thing was just a ball hair shy of an Iron Man match, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, and it is. the stuff that they did, 
They start with amazing, amazing mat work. Yep. Some of their mat work at the beginning of this was great. I love the story that they told, that they truly wrestled at the beginning, and that there was some cowardice from Kenny Omega as he leans outside uh -huh. of the ropes to not get struck. Powdered out, and he yeah. spits in the face of Okada. You've got mm -hmm. the lackeys and the uh, the Jackson brothers around the ring. Gato, yep. the face of New Japan, trying to support the man that is going to possibly take New Japan into the new the new year, the new century, because that was what this was sold as. One of these men will be the wrestler, the leader, the yeah. leader to take this thing global. Kenny Omega, the face saying, that runs the place. Essentially, with the real like, I think New Japan really realizes that we are on the cusp. We can go oh, outside yeah. of the island. We can make this a truly national, interesting, international, worldwide product. And I like that they slap that. Uh, burden on the winner of this. Whoever does that needs to be the man that takes this, and they each have their own reasons. And I just the pace of the match was great. The 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 setup for some of the moves, like when they set up the table on the outside for Omega to go for the one wing angel through it, Ooh. and they they tease it and they don't do anything. And they reverse right. the moves, and then finally he takes that super huge back body drop through that table, cracks his lower back on that. Uh, that, that 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 ring border, that floor border and outside. His neck, Dude. his neck on the edge of the table. Okada's neck. Okada's the neck. Okada is going to have problems down the line. Okada oh, took yeah. that missile drop kick off the top oh. rope from Omega, oh, facing in the wrong direction. Not yeah. the wrong direction, facing away from Omega. Right. So you don't know when that thing's going to hit. No, and you can't brace yourself for that. They showed slow-mos of that thing, and... You just whiplash yourself. He, he, he got a full leg extension, <laughs> except for a little bit of the, the, the bend of the knee on Omega, and that last mm -hmm. moment truly double-foot donkey-kicked uh, uh, Okada's head. Okada, yeah. You see his head whip around and land. Yeah. Then they do that top rope spot where oh, they did that like was, a that was cringeworthy. Yeah. Uh, brain buster-looking thing where he lands on his head. I can't tell you how many knee strikes he took to the head. And this is Japan, man. This is strong style. This shit's stiff. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. fact that these guys were able to make it through this match and not sustain injury was unbelievable to me. And the, the one of the, probably one of the most athletic <clears throat> uh, moves I've ever seen was Omega's um, moonsault off the top rope over the damn guardrail. In the speed with which he did it, there was not a lot of wow. setup because, I mean, I, I made fun of some stuff in Lucha before, like, let me hold yeah. my hand and crawl up on this turnbuckle. Right. Turn it around, walk a little bit, and one. Yeah, there's two, a lot three, of that. Spray. He was turnbuckle jump, spin, flip, on, boom. It was over so quickly that even the Man. slow motion replay that they played was looked, quick. It looked, it looked full more. It's so funny. The slow motion replay of Kenny Omega's moonsault off the rope was faster speed than some of the full speed stuff that you see in the WWE Lucha Impact. It was yeah. an unbelievable move. And then what they do is they'd have a couple of great spots like that, and mm -hmm. then they would go, and then they would wrestle a little bit more. And then there'd be another right. great big high spot, and they'd wrestle a little bit more, and there were some false finishes. Uh, but Kenny they were Omega, peppered in between. They were yes, peppered they throughout. Were. They weren't, you know, they weren't, it didn't, if, if, if there was one thing that the match kind of succumbed to trope-wise, it was... The reversal of finisher into reversal of finisher into reversal of finisher into finisher at the end, which yeah, is something they, that WWE does a lot. They do do that, and I'm glad they did it at the end. I, I've said this before. As long as they do yeah. it right at the end, I don't have a problem with the pacing it's and the placement of it. Yeah. And I, I thought, oh, my God, the jumping tombstone, that Zangief-looking finishing move, oh. that corkscrew pile driver that shit. That was scary. That scared the shit out of me. 
because yeah. you can't tell with someone like Omega who's got a big mop full of hair. I can't yeah. tell where his the, the the crown of his head is. So I'm That's just trusting okay, Okada to put him where he needs to be to not yeah. send his spine up clean through his asshole and have a blood fountain from between his cheeks. He has to know exactly where that shit's going to land. And when you jump, I mean, you fucking jump. I mean, Taker and yeah. Kane and uh, Vibora have a tendency to just <laughs> lightly lean into the thing and just kind of let their knees right. collapse on the mat. Doing a jumping one of those. By the way, I love the one wing angel. I absolutely do. I love the Rainmaker. I oh, love man. I love a good clothesline from hell. Lariato, Stan Hansen yeah. finish. I love those finishing moves. That's just a nasty impact. And the fact that he wouldn't let the wrist go yeah. via repeated strikes. Oh my gosh, those knees to his <clears throat> face at the end were just staggering. It was pretty incredible. It was genuinely it was. an amazing it was match. A great match. An amazing match. I felt a lot of emotion uh, as the story played itself out. I'm glad that you didn't see any interferences. The Bucks were there the yeah. whole time, and they never got involved. They, they stepped out of the way. Gato never got involved. There were no run-ins. There's no Bullet Club, anything. And right. I have made a decision, Chris. I'm not sure if uh, you're aware, but next year, okay, I am uh, going my, to Japan. My contract is up, and <laughs> I'm going to obviously sign another contract. Uh, I have kind of quietly decided over the past week, I am absolutely going to attend Wrestle King 12, Wrestle Kingdom 12. I am going to okay. go to Japan and I am going to go to that goddamn dome and I'm going to see this live because that event just looked to be so beautiful and so grandiose yeah. and so filled with Japanese women that I need to go and see <laughs> this event live. I want to buy one of those face masks that everybody wears because they swear uh -huh. that there's bacteria in the air. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna run outside and buy a beer, a cat, a six pack, and a gun out of a vending machine. Right. I want to see an Evangelion fight off a river creature right out on the shore. <laughs> I need to get there. I need to go to the Tokyo Dome. Uh, you've been able to go to WrestleMania. We got to go to a Rumble. I would uh -huh. love to one day be able to report back after going to and My checking God. out Wrestle Kingdom 12. So I am. Um, we got some murder mystery stuff coming up. Die Laughing Productions. Yeah. I'm taking every dime I make from that and put it Bank in a shoebox. And then next year, as hide little... Hide it, bury it. Yeah, hide it out back in a, uh, a coffee can tin. In a coffee yeah. coffee can tin, and Uncle Eddie helps me dig it up. Some people say mix it with water. I say you just put a little bit in your mouth and chew it for a quick pick-me-up. Uh, people hate <clears throat> Vegas Vacation. I love Vegas Vacation. Oh, fuck vacation. that. Vegas Vacation's funny. Vegas, so oh, is, it, is it European Vacation? Is it Christmas Vacation? No, but it no. ain't far off. No, it's still very damn fun. I'm going to watch the rest of Wrestle Kingdom over the weekend, a couple of matches here and there as I find time. But if you haven't seen it, Omega Okada is everything people are making it out to be. Yeah. And if it wasn't for some great shit on SmackDown recently, it would make it very hard for me to watch other wrestling right now after getting to see that. It it's would true. make it very difficult. Chris, I want to ask again, you about you, something. Yeah, go ahead. Let me. I'm going to get your thoughts on something. We've. Um, uh, do you have anything more to add about Wrestle Kingdom? No, other than I want to see a bunch of the other matches, I want to see the uh, the Cody Rhodes Juice Robinson match because I love Cody and he's working as a heel over there. Um, so Adam I always Cole, loved heel I Cody. See Cole Cole and uh, KO uh, Cole became the first third time Ring of Honor champion, which is yeah. great. Kyle O'Reilly mm -hmm. pretty much uh, is a done. Well, not a done deal, but it's pretty much assumed that he's going to be uh, joining NXT or WWE soon. I'm oh, very is that excited true? For that. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard the, that. <clears throat> Kyle O'Reilly went into that match as the uh, Ring of Honor champion, 
And um, the rumor was, or at least Meltzer's Bible said Mm -hmm. that, uh, and thanks Marty Day for forwarding me the Wrestling Observer newsletter every week, that um, if KO didn't retain the title, it was pretty much um, decided that he was head of the WWE. So where's this Bobby Fish? Bobby Fish re-signed with Ring of Honor. No shit. So, so Red Dragon. Yeah, so Red uh, Dragon for, for the time being probably done. Um and not to say that KO needs a Bobby Fish. I think KO could do really well in NXT. I'm not and then again, that's three KOs there. You got Kevin Owens, Cassius Ono, Kyle O'Reilly. That's a triple that's That's a dope stable. That's three KOs. The knockout triplets. That <laughs> Um but uh and also rumored to be head of the WWE is one half of War Machine. Um, Hanson. Oh, so that's they that want big Hanson. Up looking high yes. Motherfucker. yes. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's beautiful. With the beard. I listen, I listen those to him those on two a, guys. Uh, what was it? A uh, da, 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 Colts podcast. I believe okay. he was on sometime this year. That's great. I, I like that interview with him. I think he's going to be fun. right. And he's trying to get his uh, a deal for his partner too. So War okay. Machine could could come over. And I think that's great for the the tag team division in WWE as well. Um, and then the other rumor is that in May. We could see Adam Cole join NXT as well. So, man, Ooh. Ring of Honor is just feeding. It's, it's like NXT. It's like the developmentals feeder league, basically, at it this point. It kind of is. Of the amount of people that they're, they're letting have a stay over there. I mean, remember, Joe went back there for a little bit, had a cup of coffee. Yeah. AJ Styles went so back did AJ, there for yeah. a little bit. So yep. AJ, yeah, AJ Styles. So, yeah, I, I like I like that there's an ROH WWE relationship a la right. mid to late 90s WWF ECW. Well, I don't think Ring of Honor likes it. <laughs> You know, I, I gotta wonder. I gotta wonder because I, I remember they, they were being sold. We were being sold that Paul Heyman was furious back in the day that they were approaching uh, all this talent. I have to wonder if there aren't some phone calls late at night between I don't know. ROH and WWE. I, I gotta I mean, wonder. I'm not gonna I'm, say there is, but I'm not gonna say there isn't. If I'm Joe Koff, the, the the you know the guy who runs Ring of Honor for Sinclair Broadcasting, I'm I'm a little pissed um, that you know all these guys that they've spent years building up are just just leaving and and, and going for the paycheck. Now and now, Jay Lethal signed another contract. He's sticking around Ring of Honor. Um, I believe Dalton Castle is still under contract, and uh, the Young Bucks just re-signed with the Ring of Honor as well. So you have you have those guys there, and you know that's not to say that more people won't come into Ring of Honor, and you know like Leo Rush, graduate of the MCW yeah. uh, Pro Wrestling School, um, is is set to be a prime time player, no pun intended, in in Ring of Honor soon. So. Um, you were going to ask me a question. Uh, yeah, I was just going to ask your opinion. I want to get your thoughts. I want to get your uh, your, your your insights your onto the Uber. recent resurgence, not resurgence, the recent surge, character development, interjection into the more main event level scene on SmackDown, Baron Corbin. Let's talk Baron in. Corbin for a little bit because I've seen on our own page, on other people's pages, kind of split down the middle. Uh, yeah. Screw this guy, super dull, <laughs> holy hell, he's like a, a vicious post-apocalyptic biker. He's really coming to his own. It's like it's like taking a slug of NyQuil before he goes out. Um, <laughs> give, give me your thoughts on him. I'm going to give you my thoughts on him. <clears throat> I, I, I've, I've always placement. liked... Where he's at right now also. Right. I've always liked Baron Corbin's look. Uh, you know, even back when he was in NXE, we were making fun of his belly and his weird belly button and stuff yeah. like that. He's He's got the look. He's He's tall. He just he, he looks like an asshole. You want to hate him, and Breaking Ground definitely highlighted that when you saw that he kind of is an asshole. I kind of like knowing that that his character is, is yes. a little bit genuine. He's kind of a right. prick. 
and I'm fine with that. Um, I love the end of days. I think it's it's a great finisher. Um, and I think from the time he came up from NXT, which was uh, almost it's been almost a year, because um, he debuted in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Yeah, and you know he kind of he hasn't done too much. Um, after uh, he wasn't even brought up the full time, he didn't come up till the draft actually, and that was in like what late July, mid July. Yeah. So he, there was a couple months there even after that where he didn't really do much. If I or no, I he was know, around. Whatever. No, I know he was. He was, he was there around. very sparsely. He was. He was but almost not like an quite bad. Yeah, I was going to say Apollo Cruz level of presence right. slash not presence. So it, it, over the past three four months. Um, he has just improved leaps and bounds, and I don't know if that's being attributed to uh, allegedly working with Kane behind the scenes on how to work as a uh, a WWE big man. Yeah. But he's got more snap to his moves. He's got more confidence. Aside from that one time he slipped on the uh, ring apron, which was hilarious. By that was. The way. <laughs> but um, and I think that he's he's beginning to prove himself in the ring in that triple threat match. Um, his promos are have improved he still needs to work on his delivery it's still a little too in terms of his inflection and that's just from a you know somebody who spoke for a living this point of view and you probably agree with me on Mm -hmm. that um but i think that uh the next year i think baron corbin will be a champion by year's end a a world champion or a a world champion really that's I interesting. So. I don't. I. I. I wasn't going to say he'd be a world champion, but maybe I would not, not for be long. But I think he'll hold he, the title. The uh, much in the same way Ryback had a uh, a dalliance with the main event scene. A lot of it because the Cena got injured. But he had right. a dalliance with that. Never quite grabbed the title. Went back down. Did some IC stuff. US stuff. Whatever. Yeah. I would expect that. Uh, and sometimes you hear like uh, people discuss guys will be pushed and then de pushed on purpose to see how they react to a de push. There you have right. people like uh, th- that get de-pushed, such as a Wade Barrett. Don't like it, they go. Del Rio, don't like it, they go. Miz, right. stick around, see it through to the other side, and now Be are doing some of the best work of their career. Yeah. Baron Corbin, I believe, will hold gold by the end of the year. If he's holding the world title strap, I'll be very surprised. Uh, I will be happy for him, and I would hope it makes sense if that's the case. I can agree with pretty much everything you said, but I would, uh, what I would like to see him change is he's going to continue to get better on the uh, the mic as he gets more yeah. comfortable. Yeah. What am I hearing yelling upstairs? Oh, just these children screaming. Oh, their voices are just like razor blades. <laughs> I would hope that we see him improve slightly his body language. Because he's got a pretty cool entrance. But if you watch him, you still got SmackDown saved, or you can go watch his uh-huh. entrance this week, and maybe a couple of recent ones. I love the four spotlights as he walked through it. Yeah. As he walks through it, they, they turn blood red and all that. He he kind of has like a little bit of a bounce and sort of a hop to himself. I would almost okay. ask him if he's working with Kane to maybe talk to uh, to talk to Taker for a bit. Taker had a very purposeful, slow walk, never yeah. bounced at all. And he did during the American Badass bullshit, but that was admittedly uh, people's was... least favorite Taker. They didn't want you know big silly bounce around you know right. biscuit Taker. They want the dead man. The dead just, man. He yeah. they want the dead man. I would like to see him steal a page out of that. I would like to see him just walk much more methodically yeah. down to the ring. Uh, like you said, I want uh, if you can develop some gruff to his voice, he does sort of suffer from a bit of a baby face. He's a scary-looking dude, yeah. but if you look, 
he kind of has like like really kissable lips. Like he has very <laughs> soft like like I want to kiss Baron Corbett. Like I'm scared of him, but if, if if he's beating me up and I know it's too late and there's nothing I can do, I'm gonna go in for a kiss. I'm gonna see if I can touch his lips because they look to be, I mean, strawberry sweet. They're very very <laughs> strong. So maybe they put him outside in the winter and chap him up a little bit. Okay. Um, All right. Chap him up. I'm get a get something on his head. Take do a bandana. Do something. <laughs> See, I think the hair head. works for him. And the hair, no, the I, hair is okay. His hairline, as I made that joke in the last well, podcast, it's a twelve dollar cab ride from his eyebrows <laughs> to his hairline. So when he's not call wrestling, an Uber. get a yeah, you do call an Uber and leave a good rating and, and cash tip the guy because it's going to take quite some time to get back to his hairline. Right. Something almost Mike Muir, suicidal okay, tendencies. Suicidal? Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. want to see the bottoms psycho of your Mike. eyes. Yeah, psycho Mike, give me something that's like when this guy's talking to me, I'm I'm kind of taken aback because he kind of does have soft eyes. Right now, his, his his physique is great. He's got good tats. He's a scary looking dude. He's getting much better yeah. in the ring. That three way with uh, Ziggler himself, AJ, was his coming out. That was absolute yeah. coming out. What I'm hoping it was not was his Tom McGee, and Tom McGee is famous for being the possible next. Hulk Hogan in the 80s, maybe early uh, 90s. Oh, you've mentioned him before. And he was the guy that was this big, beautiful shit kicker, bodybuilder, mixed martial right. artist, gym, uh, gymnastics expert that had this incredible match with Bret Hart in Japan and yeah, then yeah, another yeah. incredible match with Bret Hart on the road and then they put him in there with someone else. Mm. Oh, shit. This Derp. isn't great. So <laughs> they put him in there so far with AJ and Dolph. And two great workers, and those guys are yeah. going to sell for you that they're going to make a clothesline, oh, yeah. make it look like they've been hit with a tank shell. They're going to mm-hmm. make a, a boot to the gut, make it look like their back's just been snapped and their their stomach's torn and going septic. They can make anybody really look like the monster they need to be or the technician they need to be. Sure. I want to see him in there uh, with, I would like to see him in there with, like, who, who else? Maybe Apollo Crews. Not saying this is a feud. I want to see right. him in there with someone that I'm like, okay, this person is not known for making someone look real, real good. Let's see right. what he's doing these days outside of him. Maybe he's the one that can lead the dance. I don't know. Well, he had a feud good. with Ziggler. Yes. Well, and the matches. Zig, but Ziggler was part of that three-way also. It's, it's, there's been a lot of Ziggler. And Ziggler That's makes true. people look good. People, uh, you, okay. they, they, a lot of people You're compared right. Ziggler to a modern day Shawn Michaels and his ability to sell and the style of movement yeah. and the, the the rock and roll bad boy, heavy <laughs> metal badass. Uh, I would like to see him in there with maybe somebody a little more slow and plodding. Maybe someone that's a little more hyperactive, bouncy, bouncy. I want to see him in there with someone that's not known for making people look great and see if, because the test of a worker, I think, is if they can make someone look good. Like a Heath Slater? Like a, yeah, Heath is not really known, by no means a bad wrestler. Neither is, you know what? I would like to see him in there with Mojo Rawley. Mojo is just a dude that's, Working and developing, yeah. but no one's looking at him like, oh, this is fucking Tito Santana 2017. Let me see if someone like a Baron Corbin <laughs> can get a match out of a Mojo Raleigh at the end of it. You're like, wow, we had a couple of big hosses in there kicking ass. And that was some really good shit. And those guys looked like they were putting some stink on their punches. And there was great yeah. transitions. And oh, it looked destructive. Or if he can hold his own against somebody smaller and a little zippy if they put him in there against a 205er. But so yeah. far, we're, all we've seen, for the most part, is a lot of Ziggler. That's the only, yeah. that's the only thing I'm holding out for. 
Let's see what happens when he's in there with someone other than him, which is what it looked like we're going to be soon because of Ziggler and what he's done on SmackDown. Right, and there was a moment during the Ziggler match with Corbin on SmackDown this week. There was a moment where, where it kind of I, I was I was happy because he did some move to Ziggler where Ziggler was like knocked down, and the the, the camera like focused on Corbin and his face, and he just kind of like crouched there, just staring at the the demolition that he had just accomplished. And I was like, "There you go, there you go, there man. you go." It's starting to click for the guy. I gen- I genuinely think we're gonna get a good year out of Corbin. There's questions yeah. that still need to be answered about the people that he could work with, the improvements to his promos, uh, how does he handle being in, by the way, recently thrust into AJ and Cena, where he's making it very, right. very clear, hey, I'm gunning for the top, as everyone's supposed to, but I mean, he let him, they yeah. let him be a part of what people would say was the high point segment of the night, even though that contract signing was in the middle. Um, it was, but damn, that was a good segment. Dude, let's just talk about that segment right now. That yeah. was a fantastic segment on behalf of all three men. Not yeah. just Cena and Styles, but Brian too, stepping aside. Brian yeah. saying, hey, what do you got to worry about, bud? You beat him three times. You got nothing to worry about. And Style and his rapport, we're the guys that wrestled. We're the ones that went to yeah. the pool halls, that went to the high schools, that went to the barns, the gymnasiums. He's not one of us. That guy ain't one of us. That shit right there, I was, ooh, hold on, let me get my tea. Here we go. Lay into his ass. Take a sip that, of that Lipton. It was that line and the line that I think kind of blurred the line um, of – to like where the uh, the Rock and Cena had their promo battle, and they were like getting really personal digs at each other, and that the line I'm talking about referenced the Rock when AJ Styles said that you will never be as successful as the Rock, and I was like, oh, oh I'm out of tea. I need more tea. My tea spilled everywhere. That was Damn. a great moment. There was actually a few of those from Styles. He had yeah. the he had the. Uh, it's not surprise you come back four months off. What is essentially your brother-in-law is yeah. giving you a title shot, which they're really starting to shine a light on real-life relationships. Yeah. See Renee Young, Dean Ambrose. Now they're bringing this stuff up with the Bellas. And, hey, right. it's basically your stepbrother. And then talking about uh, the comments made by Cena where he said that his promos against The Rock, he was wrong, he was incorrect. Right. And how great that is that you're never going to be as successful an actor as The Rock. You'll never be a great as wrestler as me. So you'll yeah. never be at the top of any world that you're in. And you know what? Deep down, I do. I mean, obviously, I genuinely appreciate John Cena and everything he's done. AJ is right. Oh, and yeah. That, well, <laughs> well, hey, no one ever thought Batista would be as successful as he is. Now, I'm not saying Batista ain't The Rock. Uh, Batista is, excuse me, not that Batista is The Rock. But well, you, people can be surprised. People can be surprised by what they do outside of the ring. Okay, Yes, and Batista was cast in one of the most successful movies a couple of years ago. Very excited for the sequel this year. However, um, Drax doesn't really have a huge range of emotions as a character in you know which what? to act. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you there. I'm going to tell you why I think Drax was one of the best roles in Guardians of the I'm not saying he wasn't great as Drax. I'm saying that it's not like being Bill the Butcher. Read interviews. You know, I'll forward you an interview. I bet you can just look this up on the old Google machine. Uh, James sure. Gunn's interview with, I believe it was Spin, about the okay. casting of all of the people in Guardians of the Galaxy. And now he's like, I absolutely knew I wanted Chris Pratt as Star-Lord. 
I knew that Groot was going to be relatively easy, and I just kind of needed a name that had some, you know, a deep vibration sure. to his voice. So it's easy to do Vin Diesel. Yeah. Um, uh, Gamora was not going to be a problem. I knew who I liked there. Uh, Rocky Raccoon, or what the fuck is it? Rocky Rocket. Raccoon was going to be Rocket, yeah. simple to uh, to do because of, you know, Bradley Cooper's got some great hysteric, uh, he's, he's got a great uh, sense of humor about him. He's very hysterical, and he's going to be all CGI. He said that he just knew he was going to have to settle for Drax. He knew it. That the character is so difficult to translate from the comic to the screen that he just knows he's going to have to settle. And he's just going to have to find some muscle-bound dude, paint him green, and just write some very dull lines for him that are, that are everything is literal. That's his character. Right. Yeah. He, he said he knew he was going to have to settle. And his biggest surprise was how deep Batista, Dave Batista, dove into the role and turned that thing into something ten times beyond what he thought it could be. And it's actually Gunn's favorite character from the movie. <laughs> And you go and watch okay. it, out of everybody, Chris Pratt kind of sort of gets to be Chris Pratt. Yeah. Groot is Groot. What's her nuts just gets to be a vicious bitch that just murders yeah. everyone. And sure. then Bradley Cooper is, 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 is Rocket. Drax actually has to do the most. He's got to be this big lumbering destroyer, but then he has to be hysterical with his literal, with his literal lines where everything is taken literally and right. with the body language that he exhibits that is also as literal as the words that he's saying, I'm telling you, I was blown away by okay. the simplicity that was still complicated that is Drax and Dave Batista's uh, a, a, a portrayal of that role. I was so impressed with him. All right. Uh, I, I think that... I'll take that. I, I, I'm telling you, very, very, very impressed with him. He didn't have shit to do with fucking Spectre. He didn't say a damn thing no. except shit, and they got sucked off of a train. And yeah. then I will say, I recently saw the new Kickboxer film where he played Tong Po. And How was that? Not good. Not good at all. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, it was shit. And he actually plays a slightly sweeter Tong Po. And I don't think he said one of my favorite lines in movie history, you bleed like my Lee, which is a reference to a sexual assault against Frank Duke's character earlier in the film when he's beating the shit out of Van Damme. And essentially says, hey, earlier in the film, I kind of got with your girlfriend and did some funky shit. He doesn't say that okay. in the new kickboxer film. He's a vicious looking dude. There's some great fight yeah. choreography, but you're not really seeing Batista's acting range. But sure. getting back to Cena, Cena has yeah. had some great minor roles in yeah. um, uh, Sisters. He's had some. Uh, oh, yeah. He's got a. He's got a. Uh, uh, the train wreck. Train wreck. Amy Schumer. Yeah. And he's got a role SNL. in this sniper thing coming out soon. Have you seen the trailers for this? Mm, no. Oh, watch the trailer for this. Let me find it for you real quick. It looks really, really weird. Hold on. Let me pull this up. Look up his filmography. Here we are. John says, I just, I literally just watched the trailer for it and was like, this is fucking bananas. Uh, it has got Aaron Taylor Johnson, obviously Avengers, yeah. Age of Ultron, Quicksilver. He was uh, kick-ass. He was kick-ass, exactly. It's, it's, it's kick-ass and hustle, loyalty, and respect. In the desert, playing snipers, searching for someone, and I guess they're done. The name of the movie is called The Wall, and okay. they're out there looking for some other Trump? sniper. Yes, it's all about the Mexican wall, and it's them at the top of the wall, and what they're shooting at the Mexicans with is a squirt gun. And they say, get your wet asses in here. You guys are adorable. We're just kidding. No one doesn't <laughs> want you here. Let's all have hugs and get along. Oh, it's, you know what? The... the, the um 
the plot description reminds me of a great underrated World War II movie, Enemy at the Gates. I love Enemy at the Gates. Ralph Ed, Fiennes, Harris Ed Harris and Ray Fiennes. Yeah. Oh my God! And and, and oh, uh, by the way, a pretty hot yet disgusting sex scene in that film. When yes, everyone everybody's surrounding around, him. He's just getting it he in. He just rolls on top of that guy. I was like, I know we're just yeah. we're gonna smash. Um, was that Rachel Weisz in that? I don't remember. I think it was Rachel Weisz. God, yeah. But yeah, it's essentially about John Cena and this dude, uh, you know, Quicksilver. Uh, John Cena and him are in the middle of just some desert nothing. There's this gross little five-foot-tall wall, maybe 50 yards long. Yeah. And as they're walking, someone just shoots John Cena clean through the chest or through the heart. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching like the trailer that. now. Yeah. yeah, and he just has to lie there the whole movie while his friend, Quicksilver, kick-ass, is on the other side of the wall. And someone is taunting him through his radio. That he is oh, out there, great. and if you move beyond that wall, I'm going to kill your friend. And Cena and him are out there for like days or weeks, and he's getting like dehydrated. So Cena is in an action movie where he lays still, shot the entire time. So he doesn't <laughs> get to be an action star. He right. doesn't get to do anything humorous. He gets to be the make-believe Marine he loves to be so much. Lie That's there, true. get shot, and we're going to see, I think we're going to see John Cena's acting chops, good or otherwise, in this film. This thing, The Wall, I believe will be either John Cena's uh, uh, proving project that this guy can uh-huh. do it, or it'll be the, okay, this is a little bit schlocky. This right. is uh, this, this is 12 this, rounds. This is corny as fuck. Let it be gone. I enjoy 12 rounds. I'm not going to lie. I have never seen the original. I've only seen the, the third one with Dean Ambrose, which was horrible. Oh, that <laughs> 12 rounds. That's enough. Okay, oh, guys, that, that looked really bad. So terrible. So, yeah, getting back to Cena Styles, I think it's great. <laughs> I think the uh, I, I, I think the, the contract signing was good. I did like Styles cutting off Cena, saying right when he starts to do his, his usual, I got a lot of respect uh-huh. for him. He's like, stop, stop with the respect. Stop with the respect. Right. Crap. Yeah. You do this all the time. AJ showed some great facials in that. He showed some great facial uh, yeah. uh, body language where he seemed to be getting genuinely taken aback that John Cena's getting right. pissed and he's cussing and now I'm looking forward to that match even though he's already lost three I am yeah. looking forward to it now that as AJ pointed out very correctly I had to prove to you I belonged here now you need to prove to everyone else that you still right. belong here because I got three in the can on you and you're about to do it on the second largest stage of the year and that's Royal Rumble yeah, and um, it's really tough to do something fresh in a John Cena promo at this point. Um, and it pretty much had the same format as any other contract signings been a part of, of which there have been many. But credit to the guys for really for really bringing it. And yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for the match. I really enjoyed the match they had at SummerSlam. That being said, do you think there's any chance AJ Styles walks out the champion? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're they're hyping it up so much the 16 time champion thing. It's in um, you know, it's they're trying to put a lot of people in that Alamo dome. Um, I think the, something like 50 plus thousand is is the uh, capacity there. They're trying to I, th- I thought I heard 70, but that seems ridiculous for I thought that the Alamo Rumble. dome was like 90. Is it? I thought the Alamo dome. I'll look it up real quick cuz I remember one of the reasons we did that uh, that live podcast uh, where I made you watch uh, the 1997 Royal Rumble, and the yeah, background yeah, yeah. was actually at the Alamo Dome, and the Alamo Dome actually no, I'm wrong, 72,000 people, 72,000 okay, people, dome, 65,000 seater. Uh, that yeah, they're going to need to do something pretty big to get people inside of that thing. Now keep in mind, some of the other matches that he had with Styles, they also hit the 16 time thing real hard. 
They, they, they did. They did beat that thing up, and a lot of people they took did. that as okay. That's them. That's them calling their shot. Right. It didn't happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. You know, what I love. I don't know. I can't tell true. you. I can't tell you. I have no idea how this thing goes, and I, I can't wait to watch how it goes. Who do you think walks out of the rumble? Who do you think that's going to be? Because you're hearing rumors from everybody, from a Corbin to a Taker to a Strowman to uh, to, to a Jericho. Who, who yeah. do you think? I think my top two right now are Strowman and Taker. Depending on when they do, and I heard rumors of them wanting to do Lesnar and um, Goldberg at Fastlane, which is beyond stupid because that's a WrestleMania. That's match. a WrestleMania. You have to match save there. that. For yeah, WrestleMania. I read that too. They save that for WrestleMania. Let them get in each other's asses for the next couple yeah. of months. But save, pop that nut at WrestleMania. Yeah, you got to. Um, but yeah, I think <clears throat> Strowman, who um, has again come a long way. That last man standing match yeah. with Sami Zayn on Raw was fantastic. He he really did a, a great job, and all the credit in the world to Sami Zayn for taking all that punishment and and just being Sami Zayn. Um, Strowman and Taker. I think Taker. He's only won one Rumble to my yeah. recollection, um, and I think him. This is and that that's partly why I think Cena will walk out the champion is because they wanted to do Cena Taker last year they couldn't because of Cena's shoulder yeah so if Cena wins the championship at Royal Rumble and then Undertaker wins the Royal Rumble can you imagine that I can already picture in my mind the stare down between the two with the WrestleMania logo hanging from the ceiling behind them yeah that's it and then, you know and what a and this is also a bragging rights thing if you think about it with the brand split thing now I. Now I know that Cena, excuse me, that uh, Taker and Michaels are showing up on Raw soon. They're gonna, right. but isn't Undertaker officially a SmackDown guy? Uh, was he drafted? I guess he I was. I remember him he? talking to Team SmackDown prior to Survivor yes. Series. Correct. So but, I've just but had it in was, my head that he's a SmackDown guy. It was kind of the same sort of thing. They brought him in for the 900th episode of SmackDown, and they're bringing him in for. They're probably going to announce the place for WrestleMania yeah. 30. Five. five. Okay. This is thirty-four this year. Yeah, thirty-five. And they're going back to New Orleans already. Hmm. Only five years uh, later. Um, but uh, that's probably why they're and they're bringing in Shawn Michaels because he's from San Antonio. They're going to hype up the Rumble and yeah. stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I think I think and even Taker said, which we talked about last, that um, WrestleMania would no longer you know be his uh legacy so i i took that as him coming back to smackdown and him threatening the smackdown team if they didn't win which did they win i can't I remember even, I I because there remember were no fucking point. stakes so no one cares right so yes. imagine though if he is for someone he's associated with smackdown even though he's not official smackdown as far as we know he is sort yeah. of the smackdown taker he's smack taker if they had a wrestlemania headline with two SmackDown artists or performers, I would, if I'm Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, I'm bragging about that. Oh, I'm bragging yeah. about that heavily that, hey, remember WrestleMania 34 when SmackDown headlined that thing? I hope yeah. they would turn that into something. And the more you talk about this with Undertaker winning, Shawn Michaels returning, San Antonio, what have you, imagine this scenario here. And a lot of people have said they were going to do something but didn't. We're saying going to do, they were going to do something, never did. You have John Cena taking on AJ Styles. John sure, Cena yeah. wins. He gets the title. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. AJ Styles on enters the Rumble. Enters the Rumble. Or you have Shawn Michaels returns. Somehow, the big story has been AJ wanting to take on Shawn Michaels. 
Shawn Michaels, AJ Styles, WrestleMania. Man. You got John Cena taking on Undertaker <clears throat> for the title. It could be, and I know Cena, not Cena, uh, Michaels has said before, I've wrestled my last match and all this, yeah. but he ain't in bad a shape as like a Stone Cold is. No. He, they've wooed other guys out of retirement before. They've pulled Rock out of quote unquote retirement. You know, right. you've had Stone Cold do runs. I have a feeling Sean could still go. For the grandiose I, I, stage, I could see them doing AJ versus Michaels and letting AJ go over. If he beat here's Mr. Why, WrestleMania, shit. I, that would be amazing. And Shawn Michaels, as I've said a million times, is my favorite wrestler of all time. I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm happy because his his retirement match was perfect. It, 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 and he stayed retired from in-ring work. And they didn't even bring him back to wrestle with Daniel Bryan which would have been a, another great story that they tease when he when uh, Michael super kicked Brian uh, siding with Triple H after Triple H screwed him and all that stuff and that whole the whole lead up to WrestleMania 30 they didn't do it then uh, which was the perfect story the the, the um, uh, student has become the teacher sort of thing yeah exactly I I, I don't think they're going to do it now if if and this would have been a match that I, I you know would be amazing uh, if, if if this was Sean you know, uh, eight years ago, Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles from this year, that's a dream match. That's a match made in heaven, and I'd, I'd pay all the money to see it. But Shawn Michaels now, and like you said, he's probably still in great shape, but I, it just wouldn't – I don't want it to diminish the retirement of Shawn Michaels and his legacy by coming back and not – even if he's in great shape, he's not going to be Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's never going to be WrestleMania 10 Shawn Michaels. He's never going to be Brett Shawn. But you're or in there with a guy Shawn. like AJ Styles who can trick people into thinking that – like, for example, Hogan hasn't been Hogan in fucking forever. But when he yeah. was in there with The Rock and they did the double turn just for that right. one night – you fucking believe that the Hulkster was back because of how hard that The Rock sold for him. No one thought that that Hogan would put on any kind of anything worth of a match. And by the end of that, you were on your feet. You believed it in that moment because of his dance partner. AJ Styles could be that dance partner that makes you believe that Shawn Michaels is still Shawn Michaels. But The Rock and Hogan are not AJ Styles and Shawn Michaels in their styles of wrestling. You know, Shawn Michaels did a lot of high risk. AJ Styles does a lot of springboard flippy stuff. Um, that's not Hogan and Rock. And I think the match that would be built and people would expect between the two is an unrealistic expectation. I'm not sure how much high risk though Shawn Michaels ever did outside of the top rope elbow drop. He had his he had his ladder stuff with Razor, but for the most part, he was really just well, he a would great do the ignition. He would do the flare in the corner. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't recall him doing it. He never did any kind of moonsaults. Yeah, he might do a suicide dive or something like that or jump off the apron. And I bet you can get another elbow drop out of him. But I think you're just going to get – I think you could get his original move set with somebody that sold it like he was being hit by a 1997 Shawn Michaels. He's still in great shape. Do something about that fucking eye, and don't let him wear galoshes down there. And I think you could have a fun, marquee, once-in-a-lifetime, that's truly once-in-a-lifetime matchup yeah. that with AJ Styles, I don't think would diminish his legacy or diminish his retirement match. If you put him in there against, like, Flair one more time or Triple H one more time, I mean, right. it's not a good idea. But Styles could be great. And think about if Styles did this to Mr. WrestleMania mm. – at WrestleMania and mauled yeah. him, 
And, yeah. and have a good match, but at the end, really did some nefarious shit to the Heartbreak Kid at WrestleMania. The right. amount of fucking heat, heat on yeah. him at the end would be brutal. Smart Money says it ain't going to happen. But right. I don't think it's an impossibility, even though that they are rolling him out for whatever reason. I just, he's I, got the movie. I, inside, that terrible he's movie. got the movie. He's got that terrible fucking movie. Shit, have you seen the trailer for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I watched that shit. It, yeah, it does. I have to question everything from January 1st to WrestleMania Day. Yeah. What does this mean for Mania? I, 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 this is when I start my wrestling mark forensic everything. I, I have to look at with a microscope. I have to look at with yeah. a magnifying lens. because That's I think what makes point, it so fun. It does. The road to WrestleMania is not just in ring, but it's us and figuring out how are we going to look yeah. back at some point after WrestleMania and be like, ah, that's why they did that. Or, oh my God, I'm not sure if you can see this. My cat. Oh, never mind. I was going to turn the camera. My cat is stuck on her, her scratch post right now. She, she got her top claws. She couldn't get the damn thing off. That's um, great. So anyway. uh, how about ne- next week, we we, uh, we share our WrestleMania cards, what we think is going to happen. Let's do that. And how about this? Thank you to everybody that listens via the Realm Network. Thank you to everybody that donates on the Patreon page. Chris and I usually like to uh, have ourselves a laugh. We slap a knee. We pop the crowd. You hear the glass break. And we ride off into the sunset. Yeah, here's one for the working man. We're not going to do that this time. We're going to end the podcast a little bit. Uh, you got a nice, long, meaty one this time. But we are going to unveil, if you head over to our Patreon page, uh, soon, if not, if, I, if not up now, very soon, Christoph and I are going to start doing bonus content for the fine people that help us with the Patreon page. And I'm, Chris, I'm willing to do this for any donation amount. A buck. Okay, five, I was going to ask you that. I don't need, I, I appreciate every last dollar. So this is just for anything. Done. People are, sometimes it can get confusing with the tiers of donation. One dollar right. gets you this, five dollars gets you that, ten dollars, forty. Nope. You, you donate, you're going to get extra content. You're going to get an extra episode. And would you like to tell them what the uh, the extra episode will be about for our Patreon subscribers, who we appreciate so very much? That money goes straight to Kristoff. Today on the uh, inaugural bonus episode of the Rough House Podcast, we're going to be discussing our lives in the ring. So it'll be about 30 seconds long. (laughs) (laughs) The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast featuring one guy whose radio dreams came true and another guy who failed miserably at being a successful broadcaster. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U-C-E-G-J-2-1 N lowercase w capital G lowercase k capital P M lowercase L capital D N seven lowercase C three lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.